I'm taking my little 15 to 30 minutes maybe of fame and going to push it forward to make big changes in the DOD to make sure that we have behavioral health pharmacists working, whether it's in primary care or in our behavioral health clinics and just really moving that forward because it's a huge part of the military. You know, PTSD, trauma, depression, anxiety, our soldiers, our warfighters are just really, you know, need that support. So being able to move that forward is something that's definitely going to be a career goal of mine because it's going to be a process, but I'm willing to overcome those barriers. Just smile and keep moving forward. Even if someone tells me no, keep going. And I'm excited to see where it's going to go. What is up, Fit Farm fam? Welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. My name is Dr. Adam Martin. I am a practicing pharmacist, nutrition consultant, author, and lover of living life to the fullest. Each episode on the podcast, I will dispense to you an innovator and expert in the world of healthcare so they can share their story, their struggles, and best practice tips to empower you to nail your nutrition, master your mindset, fit in fitness, and take your level of impact to the next level with simple solutions for how to live with passion and purpose. Thank you for spending your time with me today. Now let's discuss how to dispense your full potential. Legacy is defined as something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor from the past. More specifically, it can be defined as what you have left behind for the next generation. Who better to invite to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast than the winner of the 2018 Next Generation Pharmacist Award, Dr. Lindsay Morris. Dr. Lindsay Morris, PharmD, is a behavioral health clinical pharmacist at Landstall Regional Medical Center, Department of the Army, in Landstall, Germany. She graduated from sunny Buffalo State with her bachelor's in chemistry in 2010 and then completed the PharmD program at Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine in 2013. She completed her PGY-1 pharmacy practice residency with the VA Western New York Healthcare System in 2014. After completion of her residency, her first clinical job with the VA sparked her passion for government healthcare. Her goals were to expand the behavioral health practice to include more behavioral health pharmacists within the Department of Defense and to work more closely with program management. If you are a fan of pharmacy and read Pharmacy Times magazine, you may recognize Dr. Lindsay Morris from being on the cover of the October 2018 issue as she is the recipient of the ninth annual Next Generation Pharmacist Award winner. The ninth annual Next Generation Pharmacist Awards were held in Boston this past October where they recognized professional achievements in 10 categories, civic leader, entrepreneur, health system pharmacist, future pharmacist, lifetime leadership, patient care provider, rising star, specialty pharmacist, technician, and technology innovator. The program's top honor among all of these honors is the next generation pharmacist who is selected from among the winners of the pharmacist categories and is awarded to the pharmacist who is defining the future of pharmacy by his or her uncompromising vision for a specific pharmacy or for the pharmacy industry overall. 
And ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased to introduce to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast, the winner and prestigious awardee of that honor, Dr. Lindsay Morris. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. And you're coming to us right now from Germany, is that correct? That is correct. It's about a little bit later, dinner time, (laughs) a six-hour time change from the East Coast, but doing great over here. Well, we really appreciate you being here, and I'm really excited to really learn from all of your passion that has now been nationally recognized, actually globally recognized. Um, People already know you because your face is everywhere. So. Yes, getting recognized everywhere, um, like in the hallways at work, uh, if I'm out uh, and someone has seen me, they're like, hey, you look familiar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I might. <laughs> so, Lindsay, in your award, you had cited your source of inspiration being that you wanted a career where you could work within a cohesive team atmosphere, spend time educating your peers and patients, and most importantly, be involved in improving lives that led you to behavioral health. So in that niche, can you tell us more about that and what it means to you personally? Um, What it means to me personally is that I think behavioral health is a really important healthcare aspect. Um, There are 43.8 million adults that experience mental health issues um, in a given year, and that's from the National Institute of Mental Health. Um, And I think that really we need to look at destigmatizing behavioral health. And that's where I really want to help other people. I think those people are often an underserved population because there is a lot of stigma associated with getting treatment for behavioral health conditions. Um, And, you know, people sometimes feel judged or that people might think they're what we in behavioral health don't like to use is the crazy word um, because they are going to get help. But really it's no different than any other physical disease, you know, what's the difference between depression and um, diabetes? They're both diseases um, just affecting different parts of our body. One is is the brain, the other is, um, you know, a more physical thing like our pancreas. So um, really there's not a lot of difference there, but people just are less open about getting their mental health taken care of um, versus, you know, their diabetes. Someone, you know, you talk to someone, they'd be like, oh yeah, I have diabetes and it would be nothing, but you might not hear someone say, oh yeah, I have depression or I have anxiety. Um, So where I really like helping people is seeing the difference when a patient comes into my office and, you know, we work through things, whether it's medications or um, getting some things in their life in order, which could be a lot of times, you know, just I'm having a hard time with getting my refills in a timely fashion, or, you know, I'm having a hard time organizing my medications. like seeing the difference when you've helped them, you know, from a dark place into um, getting much better, it's, it's just really rewarding um, to see the positive changes in their life um, and that they feel so much better when they get the help that they need. Um, I've always just felt better about helping other people. That's something that's just, you know, my personality wise, um, I always want everyone else to be happy, um, almost to a fault. Um, so that's something that I think, I've taken with me every day when I go to work, when I interact with friends, when I interact with coworkers, um, just making sure that everybody's happy. And that's really um, where this career has been really good to me. Dispensing your level of happy. I can hear that in your voice and and see that through all the actions that you do. And that's really astounding. And it's it's a genuine thing that emanates within your whole persona. Um, However, a lot of times when people are going after big things, trying to achieve things like you have, 
they can find that they run into obstacles that can take away from that happiness or, or feeling of joy. Uh, sometimes they can run into big walls, obstacles that stand in their way, be that circumstances, mental blocks, or people who, let's just say, aren't in your fan club. As you have accomplished and continue to set out on big things yourself, I'm sure you have run into these in one form or another, uh, maybe even all of the above and then some. So my question for you is, what advice can you give for those who do come up against these challenges to keep them moving forward in their endeavors despite these setbacks? Uh, I think, first of all, um, being positive is the most important thing you can do. And uh, when you're looking at the day, right, we have good and bad in every single day. There's going to be bad things that happen, good things that happen. So really making sure, number one, you focus on the good things, because I know it's really easy to say, I'm having trouble with this because of a barrier. But, you know, look at the things that you're likely doing that are also good despite that barrier. Uh, And actually, at the Next Generation Awards, they had Mike Rayburn come, who does TED Talks and also is a musician, comedian, a whole bunch of things. And he did some um, motivational speech about um, asking what if, like, what if you could do it? Just because someone says that's not possible. Um, In Germany, actually, uh, the Germans' favorite saying to us is, it's not possible. Um, When you ask, can I get a little extra chicken on my salad? Or (laughs) can I have a little sugar in my coffee? not possible. That's their favorite saying. Um, So when you look at that, but why not? Like, why is it not possible to have a little extra chicken when you got some in the back? I can pay a fee. You know, what's the workaround? You know, looking at um, some options, thinking outside of the box. So there are going to be people that are going to tell you, no, you can't do this um, because of whatever barrier there might be. But looking at how do I get around the barrier remove the barrier, you know, work smarter than the barrier. Um, so really it's looking at all those different things, um, in order to have the best possible outcome. Um, so really, and having that positive outlook, you know, that like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to find a way to make this happen. Um, and that's one of the things that really drove me with the clinic. You know, I started from scratch, there was nothing there. So I had to look at, you know, most of my providers hadn't really worked with a clinical pharmacist before. So my barrier was they didn't even know what I could do. So I had to find a way to show them, but they wouldn't send me patients until they knew they could trust me. So you had to find this, you know, find a way to get them to trust you in order to share their workload. Um, and I think I've been pretty successful with that. But again, that's the, the positive attitude. How can I help you? How can I change this to make it better? Um, and just not letting those barriers stop you. Um, just because someone says no, um, just don't, you don't always have to take it for, you know, what it's worth, you know, find the way to work around it. I love that mindset. So I think what you said, I think I can see that as when you come up against a perceived obstacle, don't look at it as an obstacle, but instead look at it as an invitation to innovate and find your way to get what you want. So you might go about it expecting to you know walk through door A, but you don't know that there's window B. So being able to find what's not seen and create that, uh, as long as you have that passion and you're doing that for the right reasons and you're staying true to that, if you don't have the, quote, easy means to get it done, there's always another way. You just have to either find it or create it yourself. Exactly. Absolutely. I love that. And clearly that's something that you have done 
um, literally starting from scratch where people, you know, you're there and people like, who are you? Well, you know, I'm Dr. Lindsay, I'm behavioral health pharmacist. Well, what's that? And then you just literally have to advocate for yourself, for your abilities. Um, and a really important point that we talked about before the podcast was being of service to others rather than competing. So just letting them know, like you have, you know, you're, you've got your area and I'm here to support you and help you in that. I'm not here to take away, but I'm here literally to help you. So how can I best do that? So I guess a, a question for you is how have you come up into those situations and how have you kind of diffused that, um, I guess you could say inherent defensiveness that some healthcare providers might have, uh, be that physicians, other pharmacists who might feel threatened because they, they don't know what you do. So they want to make sure that you don't take away. So what's a good way to approach that situation that you went to, uh, to show that you are there to help and support rather than take away and compete? Um, well, first of all, probably I would say most important, kill them with kindness. You know, nobody likes, um, someone to be condescending or like, look how smart I am by showing them, you know, your brain with, you know, like a little bit of a condescending tone. Um, because that doesn't work well. It's only going to make you more enemies than friends, you know? Um, so really looking at, um, being friendly and usually if you're friendly and approachable, um, they'll start coming to you because they'll be like, well, she seems pretty nice. She seems like I can talk to her. She seems friendly. So they'll start with like some easy stuff. And so, you know, give them that, you know, like answer those questions. Um, you know, I know we had talked about a little bit earlier, you know, there is no such thing as a stupid question. And honestly, Mm -hmm. stupid questions are easier to answer. So really just give them the answer. And then, you know, that helps them trust you and build that rapport. And even in behavioral health, something we work on a lot is rapport building with our patients. Um, because it's not just about, you know, the robot, what medications are you taking? How are you taking them? You know, um, what's, are you having any side effects? You know, get to know them, ask them about, um, you know, little things here or there. Like I have little trinkets in my office or, um, you know, pictures of my cats and my patients might ask about them. And then, you know, 10 minutes later after, you know, talking about my cats, you know, here we are, I was like, Oh, we better get back to the medicine. But, you know, just (laughs) doing that with my providers, doing patients, you know, helps build the rapport. And when you have those type of relationships, it makes it easier for them to approach you and bridge that gap. I mean, of course, keep it professional, you know, not saying like air your dirty laundry at work, but, um, (laughs) you know, really just make sure that you're approachable because people will want to use you. But if you're not approachable, then people don't care how smart you are. They care that you're approachable. Um, One of the best advice I got um, in my residency um, was one of my uh, preceptors said, you know, Lindsay, I'm going to give you some advice. It's better to be well-liked than smart because really everything we have, we can look up, right? You don't know the answer. You can look it up. It's not a big deal. Um, You can go to the primary literature. We all know how to do that. Um, That's part of our thing, you know, and our brains only have so much knowledge um, that it can store anyways. But really being well-liked is going to get you further for interacting with people. You know, this is a very personable job. We have to deal with patients. We deal with providers. um, And that's going to be, get you further because they're going to come and trust you because you're approachable and because you can, they can talk to you and they feel like they can explain it. And even if they maybe don't explain it quite right, they feel comfortable that they can continue to explain it to get it that way. And that's been really, really helpful for me. That is such an important point that I really want to highlight 
is it's the secret sauce. It's all about people say like, how can I get to the next level? How can I be successful guys? It's all about relationships and being of service. Like I agree with what you said 100% Lindsay. And especially (laughs) from like a knowledge perspective, um, looking at pharmacy school, like if you're a pharmacy student listening to this, you might be thinking, well, I'm not in Rokai. Like I might not be good enough. I don't know enough guys. We can always look up things. We have unlimited resources, especially nowadays with technology. And just like you said, it's not about knowledge, but the relationship and the connection. And that brings up a quote that I think really resonates with that point is people will never remember what you said, but people will always remember how you made them feel. And that feeling comes from having that rapport building that you're talking about, Lindsay, and really focusing on the relationship and and making it real not just all business talk and like, let's talk pharmacokinetics and this and that, but you know, how's your kids? How was your trip? You know, we were just talking before, like you just got back from an amazing vacation. So just make it personal and and be a real person so that they can treat you like one and not like a book, you know? Exactly. I mean, and that's something that gets people talking. And then especially with behavioral health, a lot of our therapy is talk. I mean, I'm not credentialed to do therapy, but sometimes patients just need to get something off their chest and telling it to a third party is therapeutic for them in itself. So for to say, you know, like, oh, my mother-in-law was in town and so awful and yada, 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 (laughs) that just helps them, you know, get that off their chest and they can go back to their real life. You know, obviously if there's something else going on, you know, I'll get someone to come help me with that. But um, really, you know, like being in Europe, everybody travels. We're all going all over all the time, you know, so asking patients about their trips or, you know, where have you been recently that you loved or have you tried this restaurant Um, or just like the challenges of living overseas in general. Um, You know, a lot of times I'll see patients like right when they get here or right before they leave. And it's a very stressful time because moving overseas is no um, walk in the park. So, you know, talking to them about, you know, things that we have to do to ship our car and our houses and all our stuff and the pets. And it's really um, a lot, but just having that um, relationship with your patients that they feel like they can talk to you as a person and not just, you know, um, it's like scary doctor. Um, cause that's not going to, you know, do anyone any good. Absolutely. And there's that whole, like the white coat effect, just looking at one uh, aspect like blood pressure, how that goes up for a lot of patients, just because you have a white coat and you have that scary doctor, um, persona that you just talked about. But when you, you know, break that barrier down that perceived barrier or, or real one for some people and just say like, Hey, I'm a real person. I'm not perfect. Like, let's talk about real life stuff that will allow that rapport building and the relationship building, because once they have that trust, then you can really start to get to the root issue and start being a pharmacist and talking about the issues, the medications, all the things that they need to talk about. But in that moment, they might want to talk about, like you said, their mother-in-law that's in town and it's just such a focus. They just have to get it off their chest. Because once that's gone, they can kind of go, ah, thank God she's gone. Praise. <laughs> and then you can talk about the mm-hmm. real stuff. Right. And they're more likely to listen to you. Um, you know, I found if you're, you know, pretty real with them about what's going on or, you know, like even some of your own faults, right? You know, like there's been times like patients have asked me a question and I didn't know it in, you know, my appointment and 
hey, let me, you know what? I'm not sure. We'll look it up and we'll talk about it. And I'll explain to you what it means once I read it. Um, you know, and we do it right there. And then they're like, oh, okay, that's great. And then they really trust you because they know that if they ask you something and you say it to them, that either if you don't know the answer, you will look it up right there for them. And if you do know the answer, they know that you know it, they trust you. Um, so really that's something that's been, you know, really helpful for me, you know, with patients and just, they end up often doing what you want if, you know, you have that rapport with them. I love that so much. Your approach to patient care and just with your colleagues too, and how you're just real. You're not trying to be, you know, this person on a pedestal, like directing, but it's really a partnership. Like you're here to help them and guide them, but you're in this together and and really through that relationship building, which I think is one Mm -hmm. of the reasons. And again, I don't know you that well, but just from reading on you and talking with this podcast is what led to really what a lot of people listening are are wanting to know uh, with regards to you and your career. So I want to jump into this. So let's just address this here and now. You were on the front cover. You were on the front cover of Pharmacy Times Magazine and the overall winner of the 2018 Next Generation Pharmacist Award. I mean, holy crap, woman. Like, can that's (laughs) that's just astounding. Just congratulations, first of all. That's just such an accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah, that was uh, really incredible. Um, It was just, it was shocking overall. Um, So I was really excited to win my uh, category of rising star, which is um, for in the first five years of practice, uh, you know, doing good things. So I was really excited about that. You know, it was like 33% chance, right? You know, me and two other people. So I was like, hey, I I have an okay, just fair odds winning this. Um, so I was really excited when I won that. And then, um, you know, they having the overall in there starting to read off, um, Jeffrey goes, uh, reading off about the next winner. And I started to hear, um, some things that sounded oddly familiar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, Oh my goodness. It's me. And I poked my best friend who was sitting in front of me and I was like, Audrey, it's me. And she's like, it's you. And my turned around and was there, you know, and I was crying and it was just, I was so blown away. Cause I was like, Oh man, I wonder who's going to win. Cause I had no idea it was going to be me. So really that was, um, really exciting. You know, like I was on cloud nine at the end of the night, it was just totally unexpected. And I'm super thrilled about it. Um, especially because the people that were in that room were absolutely incredible. I mean, to win amongst those people, they were incredible. They were some really, really incredible people there. Um, so winning the top honor was really, really amazing. Um, you know, and seeing it, um, the cover looks great. Um, can definitely get that framed because it's pretty cool. I mean, how often are you on the cover of a magazine? (laughs) So, you know, uh, really, really fantastic. Um, still waiting for mine. You know, it takes a long time for stuff to get overseas <laughs> to Germany, but um, I'm really excited about it. I know um, we had our joint federal pharmacy seminar uh, end of October and Parada Systems was there and they had a, a poster board with my face on it. <laughs> and I was just walking through the exhibit and I was like, oh my gosh, it's me. <laughs> so that we were all laughing. Um, you know, the, the Parada guys and me, and, you know, I took my picture next to my picture every day with your photo. Um, you know, people recognizing me in the hallways, you know, the, uh, army has sent out a whole huge, um, thing. It was on the, um, our 
homepage. So I was having friends that were, you know, work in different areas throughout Europe, sending me messages. Oh my gosh, I saw your face on the homepage. Uh, (laughs) So it's just been, it's been a lot of attention. Um, You know, I think I've got more than my 15 minutes, but I'm soaking it up. Yeah, soaking up. Because it's not going to last forever, but you know, I'm, I'm really happy about it. It's been really fantastic. And um, just riding the wave, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. And, and really well-deserved all the years and years of dedication and sacrifice and time and, and work that you've put in to create this career that you have um, has really inspired so many people in our profession. So getting that recognition is, is absolutely deserved. So I, I applaud you for that. And I say, heck yeah, definitely get that framed. And I'm, I was going to say, I hope you got a picture with your picture in the background because that's pretty cool. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Um, I mean, they were like, oh, do you want to take it home with you? And it's like, I don't have room in my suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe they're like, we can mail it to you if you want. I was like, what am I going to do with a big poster board of my face? And I was like, well, I guess I could put it in my office. But (laughs) (laughs) trying not to be it. (laughs) You know, uh, it's a little too much. But really, um, it's been been really wonderful. You know, um, the Army has been so proud of me. Um, So to hear from, you know, our higher-ups that are just, like, really proud of the things I'm doing and really excited to see where um, I can move this forward. You know, I'm taking my little 15 to 30 minutes, maybe, of fame and uh, going to push it forward to make big changes in the DOD to make sure that we have behavioral health pharmacists working, you know, whether it's in primary care and our behavioral health clinic and just really moving that forward because it, it's a huge part of the military. You know, PTSD, trauma, depression, anxiety, these, our soldiers, our warfighters are just really, you know, need that support. So being able to move that forward is something that's definitely going to be a career goal of mine because it's going to be a process, but I'm willing to overcome those barriers. Just smile and keep moving forward. Even if someone tells me no, you know, keep going. And I'm excited to see where it's going to go. Absolutely. And, and like you said, keep going with a smile on your face, putting the advice you just gave into practice. Because, and that's why you're giving it, because you're living it. And that, I love that. People that lead by example. And what better example than you to be on the face of Pharmacy Times and recipient of the Next Generation Pharmacist Award. Uh, which actually brings me to a question. Um, and again, feel free to put humility aside for just a moment because you've done some tremendous work. Uh, for your patients and for your organization. So with that award, um, are there any certain things that you've done that you feel uh, led you to winning among other colleagues of yours that that applied for that? And like you said, you were in in a room filled of greatness of all the other recipients. Um, So was there anything that you felt set you apart or that you contributed that really allowed you to shine in that light? I think really it was a lot of little things, um, maybe not necessarily one big thing, but I did, you know, integrate a practice in both our inpatient and outpatient clinics. Um, I do clinical rounds every day. Um, I also kind of broke down some barriers between primary care and behavioral health and pharmacy um, with our Vivitrol injections. Mm. Uh, we have a pretty large um, substance abuse that we do, a lot of alcohol um, use disorder that we treat out here. And um, we were having a lot of issues with getting Vivitrol. We can get it over here, but um, administering it because we don't have an RN in the clinic that can administer it. And then there's some um, issues with the therapeutic alliance with psychiatrists and nurse practitioners to not give their patients injections. Um, So we kind of had to find a way. So I got pharmacy, um, behavioral health, 
and primary care to sit together to figure out how can we solve this problem because we have patients that need this injection and we don't have a good process. Um, so fixing that entire process, we now have it. Uh, it's a well-oiled machine. It's quick and easy. Um, essentially, we borrow an RN from downstairs in primary care. It's convenient that our clinics are literally on top of each other. Um, but really, that's something that's been really great. Um, also, we had um, a few uh, issues with uh, tricyclic antidepressants uh, and 90-day supplies and accidental and intentional overdoses. Um, one resulting in a sentinel event um, due to an overdose um, that was intentional. And we uh, decided to do a 30-day supply restriction. That was something that me and one of the psychiatrists had pitched to PNT based off of um, the events that we had had. In addition to, um, there was a National Poison Control Centers had an article come out in late 2017 about the increased risk of use of antidepressant medications. And this is like anything that is used to treat depression, there's been a significant increase in the past uh, 15 years with deaths. And uh, the tricyclics were responsible, I want to say, for 40% of the deaths. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. I should have looked at that beforehand. But, um, you know, amitriptyline alone was responsible for a huge chunk of the deaths um, when you compare to other SSRIs. And, you know, now with the opioid crisis, people are, our providers are looking to other medications, right? They're trying not to prescribe opiates. So they're like, well, amitriptyline or TCAs can be good for pain. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of um, different things that um, have kind of gone into that. Wow. So taking your passion and seeing like, where is there a problem that is still not solved? And how can I take my skills, my passion, merge those and then mm-hmm. take it to the next level? How can I keep pushing forward? for not just me, but for this problem? And how can I help um, to really get resourceful? So I have resources, but how can I get resourceful in bringing all the other members of the healthcare team to really fix and solve this problem so that not only we can uh, benefit from it as healthcare providers, but for our patients that we're serving as well? Right. Exactly. Um, you know, I'm also currently our process improvement champion in my clinic in behavioral health because that's one of the things I'm really um, passionate about is process improvement because I like to be efficient with my time. I don't like to waste time. I don't like to do things that don't provide any benefit. Um, so really, that's something that's really important to me. So that's where, um, you know, like looking at the Vivitrol process and making sure that that was a smooth thing that can be easily translated and something that is helpful for the patient. And, you know, the tricyclic uh, 30-day supply restriction, while it creates more work because patients have to come in more frequently for their prescriptions, it's keeping them safe if there is an accidental overdose. Um, And that's something that ties big into our polypharmacy that we do here with the Army. So there's a lot of things that, you know, just looking at how can I fix this problem that I'm presented with? Um, And that's something that, you know, on a bigger level than just even individual patients. So that's where, you know, future goals are looking at becoming, you know, program management, because that's the type of thing that I enjoy is more like bigger problem solving and how do we fix this? I love that. I don't have time to work out. Eating healthy is not possible as a pharmacist. There's so many things to juggle. I just feel so stressed out. I can barely even keep it together. Guys, if this is you, I totally understand. I have been practicing pharmacist full-time for over seven years. I've been through the hurdles, living through the trenches, and through my time with that, have developed simple solutions to help empower you to not only fit in fitness, but nail your nutrition 
and master your mindset, empowering you to lead by example through living a healthy lifestyle. I put all these solutions in an easy to read, applicable, and simple guide for you to read in my new book, RxU, The Pharmacist's Guide for Managing Stress and Fitting in Fitness. If you haven't gotten your copy, check the show notes for a link so that you can get yours today and get started to dispense your full potential. So this is a question that is actually for me because I'm just really curious. Um, You've literally hit the top. Like this is the biggest award you can get in pharmacy world, right? Club pharmacy, all the things, next generation pharmacist award, the award of awards. And you are named (laughs) the next generation pharmacist. So now that you're here, what's next for you in your career? Like, where do you go from here? Um, I'm looking to move up um, with the army. I'd love um, I love, love working in government healthcare. Um, that's something that I plan on making a career of, but really like working on, like I said, getting the program established, um, I think will be a pretty big feat may not come necessarily with an award, but I think a lot of not only personal satisfaction, but huge benefit to the army as a whole. Um, and as we transition, um, into the defense health agency, but really, getting that as a huge integral part of our process. So um, like making behavioral health be a focus for pharmacy in addition to all of the other things that we do. So um, that's probably going to be a career goal of mine. But I mean, with government healthcare, there's so much I can do to go move up the chain. Maybe it's policies, maybe it's, there's just a lot of different things that I could figure out to do, but there's definitely an up. I haven't hit the ceiling yet. I love that because how you answered that is just so telling of your character, which is so admirable. It's, yeah, it's a a cool award, but I'm all about the impact. That's what you're saying is, you know, there's so much to do. Like this is, I'm in my element of government healthcare and I'm doing what I love in behavioral health, but there's so much more impact that can be done. And you see the opportunities, you see the places you can go and you're using this attention to shine light on what you're passionate about so that you can use that as a vehicle to be more resourceful in furthering that impact, not only in your profession with your colleagues, but on patient care. And that's what we're all here to do. So I am very, very impressed and supportive of uh, where you're headed. And I'm just so excited to follow your journey as you go. Thank you. I'm excited to live it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Just really like, you know, enjoying the ride because that's, you know, part of it. It's not the end goal, but, um, enjoying the journey throughout what you do. So really that's what I'm looking forward to is, you know, finding excitement and all my little small milestones along the way. Life is a journey, not a destination. I could not have said it better to myself. Perfect. So, so Lindsay, I know I will be following along with your journey and all the amazing things that you are doing for the profession and your community that you serve. Um, But how can other people connect with you? How can they learn more about work you're doing and follow your journey and all that you're doing in your profession and your niche? Um, Well, they can find me on LinkedIn. I think you have the link for that. Uh, Lindsay A. Morris, PharmD, working for the Department of the Army. So uh, that's probably the best way to connect with me on the professional level. Excellent. I will have a link in the show notes to direct you guys there so you can link up with her. Uh, She's doing some phenomenal things, as you've heard in this podcast, and that's just the starting ground for her, which is just so inspiring. 
is she's at the top, but for her, that's just a platform for the beginning of the next adventure. So Lindsay, I want to acknowledge you for all the amazing work that you're doing and putting your passion into practice to help serve your full potential for those you work with and work for in developing relationships with your patients to really put that to service to advance healthcare and allow everyone you work with in your life to dispense their full potential. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Dr. Adam Martin from the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast, signing off with the Next Generation Pharmacist Award winner, Dr. Lindsay Morris. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential. All right, Fit Farm fam, until next time, I am out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show. If you are new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Your time is invaluable, and I sincerely appreciate you sharing it here. Most importantly, hit that subscribe button so you get a fresh new podcast episode every single week. Also, please leave a rating and review for the show. I sincerely hope that you got at least one golden nugget of knowledge from this episode. If you did, please share this with one person who you can help dispense their full potential. That is how this community will grow organically. I don't ask for anything in return, so thank you for your action of support. 